You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Life is full of amazing moments. Some make you laugh and some make you cry. And some are just downright brutal. Hi, I'm Rachel Lohr, and this is my brutal life. Hey, this is a little different. This is a lot different, like completely upside down different. Yeah. If anyone's looking for the video, it doesn't exist nope. for this podcast. Nope. So yeah, it is different. We're sitting in your And house. we're in my home. Yeah. We're in my home in my little sitting area. It's <laughs> nice. So we got to keep the dogs down. Yeah. So life has been full of busy moments. Yeah. That's real. What's been going on in your world? Well, I mean, you know, just some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did the conference last week. Uh-huh. Uh, that was it was a lot of fun. It was like it was it was it was neat. You know, I I remember thanking them for the opportunity to have an experience, and I'll just kind of touch on this for a second. So I, I I got to play with like three of the guys I've played with in one form or fashion. I mean, I've been with them for about fifteen to twenty yeah. years mm-hmm. uh, in different links with each one of those and then two of the people um i've really only played with in the last say two years maybe three years uh one and for like six years so so it was a good mix mm-hmm. um had you know any of them not played together lot yeah in <clears throat> okay. fact we didn't even have a rehearsal together uh until the day of the event and like just the pre-service rehearsal yeah. but but our system you know, it's like a college football system for quarterbacks. Like, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just kind of do the do that part, you're good. But yeah, it was a a unique band. I don't think any of them had ever played with the drummer. And uh, um, Aaron Cunha was the drummer. He was great. Did a great job. Um, but I think what was neat for me is I shared this with uh, Stephen Cunningham, who was one of the co-hosts of the conference. I said, mm-hmm. you know, I thanked him for the opportunity to make a memory. And and yeah. I think this is something that's, I learned, you know, way, way back when, when I was a kid and had my, was in the first youth band and it was me and Blake and Steven and Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave Campbell. And we were, I remember this moment when Steven came and said, Hey guys, I got to quit the band. And I mean, my heart just sunk. He was mm-hmm. a bass player. And I'm like, what, what's up? Well, we're moving to, I think Nashville or somewhere. They mm-hmm. moved out of state. And I remember thinking, man, I have spent all my time thinking about what could be and thinking towards the future. I never enjoyed the moments. Mm-hmm. And that was very defining for me. I mean, I was, what, 18? Yeah. 17, 18. But I, but I changed in that moment. Um, and it didn't mean I didn't look to the future. But anytime something was happening, I took a second. It doesn't take long to really appreciate the moment. You just stop and take a second and appreciate the moment. And what happens to me now in my uh, elder years <laughs> is... When I if when I have that moment and I stop and appreciate it, I almost always start crying. Really? <laughs> I do because I I recognize now probably more than ever how special those moments yeah. are and, yeah. and specifically how unique they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that band that played at this conference will probably never be the same band again. We'll never play together again. Right. Possibly. I mean, right. maybe, but I suppose I control that. <laughs> well, you'll never but have I don't, it, you know, that time. That specific moment will never that be That moment there. again. I can remember... Yes, very distinctly when I could look in my future and go, I don't really know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I know I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to live in this moment and I'm going to enjoy this moment. All the unanswered questions, but no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Well, I think what's funny, I, I learned a lot of this. You know, that moment was 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 a big deal, but also with Lori. Mm-hmm. Lori is an in-the-moment person kind of all the time. And I'm a five-year guy. That's what yep. we say. I'm looking down the road mm-hmm. five years. And so I try to take a page out of her book, and I'm like, okay, let's just look and, and let's take today mm-hmm. and let today be today and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And and this is part of what happens when we get busy, you know? I right. mean, today I'm pretty busy. Tomorrow I'll be busy. Busy's not going to go away tomorrow. No. You know? Well, we I we've been... Very busy since I think the last podcast I did was with Adam. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last one we did at your house. Yeah. And maybe we should tell people why we're here. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> why we're at my house and not in, in the studio. Yeah, so we tore the studio down um, for because of Redux. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not 
simply because of Redux, but um, Redux Church is starting up in September, and so uh, we're taking the summer to kind of reprogram and right. stuff. And so um, your podcast, Wayne Hines' podcast, Breaking Free, um, and the Redux weekly podcast um, are kind of retooling a little bit right. um, and being more effective. So so we tore that out and uh, instantly put something back up in its place mm-hmm. at my house. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that's uh, that's why we're doing it. But the cool thing is, we can be mobile. We've been able to be mobile for right, a long time. It's right. just video. We were just blessed to have a studio. Yeah. I was anyway to come to you and not have to work all those buttons. Well, and it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, we you all know, those two buttons. The two buttons. You saw how much work it was. <laughs> I don't like everyone to always see how much work it is. I talk about it's, all the it's, time. I put it's in. heavy work. I don't think I could do it. That's so funny that you know. And this is the thing. Like I love the fact that outside of saying it, most people aren't even going to know the difference yeah. because the way we have things set up, it's really flexible. Right. Um, you yeah. know, we do the scatter shooting podcast at the joinery every other week. I know. And that one can be loud. Like you should be able, most people like hear a whack of a golf ball every once in a while. Yeah. Sure, in, the, in the background. But I have been busy. I think, like I said, Adam's podcast was the last one we did in studio. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam and I spent the biggest part of the year in Tulsa with his mom and, right. and Dennis. And then Dennis passed away at the end of February. And we were we were up there every weekend and just living in the moment, mm-hmm. like as hard as it was emotionally to navigate all that, we were not going to not miss a weekend to be up there. Mm-hmm. And um, grateful, grateful that we had that time. And then we, he passed away, I think February twenty second, and then um, we immediately started planning the funeral. And then we had it here in March and. I think it was the 18th at Grace Church. Mm-hmm. Everybody involved in that was so gracious. Um, um, from sound people to Steve and just everybody. Jason Abshire who helped do the video. And um, people donated money for food. And, mm. you know, I said to Adam, I said, when because he was cremated. And when somebody's cremated, it's a whole different sidestep. You don't have a funeral home to walk you through those moments, those hard moments and, and the family stay in line. It was, it's just somebody mm-hmm. takes the lead. And I was very, very, very blessed to have a big footprint to pull from of people who you could pull resources and help um, bless that family with just a great service. And so you came and mm-hmm. saw a lot of people there from, um, my past and of course I love moments like that yeah yeah it was definitely good and I sat next to Aaron Whitlock and Mm -hmm. he uh he and I were distracting each other (laughs) quite a bit of that Paul did the service yeah Paul did the service he won um Paul keeps trying to retire from doing that. I think. <laughs> I think he's probably figured out by now that, well, I don't know, Aaron, because part of the thing that distracted me is Aaron was telling me either he had just done or was going to be doing his first funeral. Aaron Whitlock is? Aaron, yeah. I think he'd already done it. Really? He, yeah. He did. Okay. Yes. It was somebody from, I think we went to school that had passed mm. away. Man, I could be wrong. I vaguely rem- remember something like that. Well, that's kind of what got me all out of sorts because i'm like wait what yeah yeah <laughs> and he's, he just leans over hey uh you know i did my first funeral not long ago <laughs> wow and i know i was like oh my gosh yes. look at this guy you know i i had a i called paul we were still in the hospital and i called paul and was i hope a, your listeners know all these people i do too if not they <laughs> if can, not we're sorry, sorry. fast forward <laughs> um i called paul the day um i guess he, he was passing and had a conversation with him. And, I, you know, just spending, I think Adam and I, that conversation, then Adam and I might have met with Paul twice mm. leading up to the service. I, I wished I would have paid more attention when I worked with him. Mm. Yeah, he's a treasure trove. Good yeah. freaking night he is. Yeah. He made this statement to me. We were sitting at Holy Ground talking and planning and strategizing and, and, of course, there's 900 different rabbit trails. Sure. And he made this statement. And I don't even know how we built the conversation. I don't know how the conversation built built to get to this point. And he said, you know, I learned 
that the further away I get from God, the more sin I see in somebody else. Mm. And he said, the closer I get to God, the more sin I see in me. Mm. And I just, it's good. I just said, okay, wait, can, can you say <laughs> that again? I mean, I've heard that principle, I'm sure a thousand different ways, mm-hmm. but I think when it came from Paul, I don't know. I just, it just, it just locked inside of me mm-hmm. because I've known Paul I feel like my whole life, you know, pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close to my whole life. And, and I said to Adam, I said it, I walk away with really just probably when it comes to redux and my part into redux speaking on this one thing, this one thing, this one thing matters. Love God with all your heart, Mm -hmm. with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I feel like that's in all caps. And then the, the part that's in and love others is maybe in small caps as you love yourself Mm. is in big caps. And I, I, Adam and I had this conversation. I said, because if my, if I take what Paul says and I lay it over that scripture, if I spend my life just getting to know God and falling in love with him, I'm going to, I'm going to love myself. Mm -hmm. And it's out of those two loves that I'm going to be able to love somebody else And I know when I love God and he loves me, he does not judge me. Mm -hmm. He has justice upon me and he does make some thing, correct some things in my life, but it's his justice is out of love. And so then I can love myself and I don't have to judge myself or live in shame or live in um, anxiety Mm because I can love myself. And then 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 when I'm loving you out of that, I don't have to judge you. I don't have to tell you you're wrong. I don't have to, um, try to make you see my person. I just, I just love you. Yeah. And this is how I hear God. You can pick things from my life, but I'm just going to love you and champion you in your journey. You know, we, we have this weird challenge. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I have a friend who, um, I say friend. I mean, he is my friend. We haven't talked in a long time, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he left his wife for another woman. Mm. And so you look at this situation, and as human beings, we we have some arbitrary statute of limitations, you know, some penance that that person has to pay before we yeah. whatever. Right. And I don't even know where, I don't know the answer to where that. Where that came from. Right. Well, like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there going, okay, so, <laughs> I mean, it happened. Right. Right. He's for whatever n- reason. For whatever reason. Yeah. He's now remarried. Yeah. So what what role do I have? And I mean, I don't even, you know, it's his marriage. I can't, I, I have certain judgments that I could have, but they're just carnal judgments, right. Right? right? But my point is, more importantly, how long does he have to stay ostracized for oh, the yeah. community to be okay? Right. Right. You know, because at some point, right, some point, he might find himself doing ministry again or something mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, good for him. Would they have said that a week later? No. no. A year no. later? I, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I don't know where the number right. is, but it's silly to me. Right. It's and arbitrary. It's because I've been in that boat. Right. I've been in that boat and I've seen many in that boat. But I, I and I think it's because we feel like there is a right and wrong way to handle that. Right. And there is no template on that. There's no template on that. There's no template on, because again, if I am, if I just got my eyes on God and I'm working out my own stuff and he's loving me and he's, he's, his justice is rearranging my life and I'm learning to lay some things down and create some new things in my life with him. That's a full-time job. And it doesn't matter to me how long the space is that they are, uh, what would we used to say? Somebody gets divorced, they are being restored. Mm, right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I'm always being yeah. restored. Yeah, I'm, what, what I'm happens gonna, when you're not restored? What What is the thing that's going on in the middle of that? Right, but it's man who decides whether I get to step right. back in. No, not really. It's God's. Right. And I may never step back in to the degree, but yet, like, even with my situation with Adam, when I met him, I remember going to my counselor going, this is moving really fast. Mm. And everybody had 
said, well, you should be, you should wait two years before you get married. <laughs> it's, it's just arbitrary <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. I was like, I, well, that's not really happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. it doesn't make any, I mean, my point in any of it is, okay, every one of those people would, mm -hmm. if they're intellectually honest, would recognize, well, the work that God has done in the midst of my shortcoming, the yeah. work God does is instantaneous, if not pre-instantaneous. Right. He did it all. Mm -hmm. It was a past action that took care of all my future shortcomings. Right. So therefore, what's the, what's the time wait? What's the wait period for getting the handgun? I mean, it doesn't exist. Nope, it doesn't exist. And yet we as mankind have arbitrarily put some time on it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's when, and the irony is, it's when the person who has nothing to do with it feels good feels about good. it. Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And, and I think that, you know, mm -hmm. this is just right. one of a couple right. hundred thousand things that You're I hope right. to address. Right. <laughs> in in our, some writings. In, yeah. And, and, and even at Redux, when we, as we start meeting in person, right. which for those who are listening, Redux Church will be launching September 3rd. Uh, in a, as far as our, our in real life events, we we've already launched in digital format. Right. We're, we're in our summer hiatus. We've got a little break, and then we'll be starting in the Book of Acts here uh, soon. Will that be starting in September, or will it start after we're up and going? Acts. <coughs> yeah. Um, it's not decided yet. Um, yeah. It very well could start the month before we're up and going. It could start in August. Okay. Um, but. Its latest start date will probably be September. Let's see, September eighth or ninth would go. Okay, would be launched. Um, it'll be on the same podcast channel that people have been listening to. Uh, they will be audio only. This is one of the things we talked about, and I, I kind of want to share this if that's good. Yeah. So, um, in the the conversation of audio or audio only or audio video podcast, mm -hmm. um, th there's a couple things, at least from the Redux standpoint. Um, the thing we like about video, obviously, is being able to read people's facial right. expressions, the right. body language. Um, but but our goal with Redux Church is not to become that the the the, the 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 content offerings that we put out doesn't become the central focus mm -hmm. of your world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We want it to be a jumping off point. If you need one, you may not even need one, right. but our heart is to see people in relationship, to see Christians get in relationship with each other and with others that they can bring into the fold. And in order to do that, sometimes we just need a, a jumping off point. Right. And, you know, there's some tremendous, I mean, I love the way we went through the book of John. I'm going to love going through acts, a lot of challenging pieces, a lot of disagreements mm -hmm. that were very mm -hmm. agreeable in our process. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we'll continue to do that, but I think, you know, I want to see, and, and we have mechanisms for this. If you want to be a part of a small group with Redux, we encourage that. We'll be talking a lot about getting involved on that September 3rd meeting. Um, but, but in that whole process, what we're going to do is, is like first just get community. Yeah. Just get community. And so the one delay we might have is is with those small groups, we want people to go through and, and be able to work off the core values. So we'll mm -hmm. have about five weeks there of content. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but what is so crucial is that they just get in community and and sometimes like, okay, so Rachel, you've been a part of small groups mm -hmm. and, and, and you've seen this, right? Like you come in and... First off, let's just uh, bypass all of the weird small group stuff. And weird meaning like <laughs> I am lumped in with this group because of the zip code I'm in uh -huh. or age group, age group, what, whatever, yeah. all these demographic reasons why I'm mm -hmm. in a group. We're going to bypass that and assume that you're in a group that someone went and said, hey, I'm doing a group. Would you like to be a part? Right. If we just start there and treat it somewhat similar to a book club. Right. Okay. There's still awkwardness. Right. Because we have this agenda. Mm -hmm. We're meeting together with an agenda. Mm -hmm. And and some people need an agenda. They need a reason to meet. I've ran into several people that say these words when you say, hey, would you like to go to dinner? They say, cool, yeah, it'd be great. What are we going to talk about? Yeah. Well, I imagine whatever <laughs> comes up. I've got no agenda. I, I just want to be in your presence. Right. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be in mine, that's fine. I won't even be hurt by it. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> but just know that I don't have a plan. Um. But it's even that way with this sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you a and lot I, of do times. we is this in the plan? No, no. None of this. No. So, but that's the whole thing is like, let's just dwell, yeah. right? And let God speak out of that and not in a pressury way, just to, just to do it. So because there needs to be a quote unquote agenda, what what often happens at dinner is that people are like, hey, did you catch the latest episode of Yellowstone or right. whatever the thing is? Right. 
So you have these jumping off points. That's what these podcasts are serving. Yes. So when you go in and, and it's like, okay, we're getting together. If someone says, what are we going to talk about? Well, we can just hang out or, you know, we've got the, the Redux podcast or mm-hmm. we're, you know, Acts chapter two versus blah, 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 or whatever you say. Right. You go and you listen to it, and and the so initially when we were going to do video, the idea was when you sit in a small group, you'd have the video, you'd have the video, yeah. and you'd look at it. Well, no, I want people to have listened to it, yeah. Because one of the big problems with that is then as soon as the video is over, your small group leader says, "Well, well what'd you think? Yeah, what stuck out to you? You know, my I, I'm guilty as anything for that mm-hmm. because I have an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Yep. My wife, on the other hand, processes, mm-hmm. and so. That's not fair to her. She will likely sit there quiet, listen to everybody. She and might, have an idea that night or the next morning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she may even have one in the moment, but by the time everything's been gone around, she feels pushed out of the conversation. Right. So if we can do it ahead of time. Now, me, I can listen to it on Friday, have a small group on Saturday, and be yeah. like, I don't even really remember what happened on Friday. <laughs> no. But it won't matter because once everybody starts talking, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll trigger. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we just felt mm-hmm. like it was a better mechanism to do that. And it make, and people listen way easier, you know, in a mm-hmm. commute. You know, they're 30 minutes long. So yep. being able to grab a commute and listen to it, it's you, you could almost listen to it on your way on to On your way to wherever, yeah. 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 So, uh, so that was a big reason for making that shift. Also, economics. You know my heart in this. I feel like so much money has been wasted in the name of doing good work for God. Mm-hmm. And for us to be able to continue to, to deliver at a high level for video, we were going to need to rent a space, mm-hmm. uh, build out a studio. And when I say deliver at a high level, I'm not talking like Hollywood production. Right. I'm just talking about real practical stuff. Right. So we were looking for some office space. Again, nothing huge. Even a 1,200-square-foot space would have been usable. Mm-hmm. Um, tight, but usable. Right. Um, and I started looking at the cost of that. And I'm like, you know what? All of this to produce a video podcast mm-hmm. that we could do on audio. And if we just did audio, we'd spend no money. Right. We could just get together wherever and record. Right. Uh, so it didn't make sense for to do that. And so we abandoned that approach because we are trying mm-hmm. to be economical. Our current budget target right now is in the you know long term, I'd like to see us uh, have about a $10,000 a month budget to work mm-hmm. with. Um but honestly, I mean, we can comfortably do what we need to do for less than half that or around mm-hmm. half that. Um, and what we're going to, and so that people understand where that money does go. Because it's a 501c3. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a 501c3. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we have a really great status that nobody's going to really care about. But I will say that all of my 501c3 brethren are like, what? <laughs> How'd you guys get that? I'm like, I don't know. Favor of God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but what, what's what's really cool to me about it is our services. So what we'll be doing, we'll meet Sunday nights, mm-hmm. the first Sunday of every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be exceptions to that since I have a timeshare the first Sunday of June. <laughs> <laughs> so and the exception is I might not be there. But um, uh, but the first Sunday of every month, and uh, we will gather in the evening so as to not interfere with the majority yeah. of churches. Uh, we are not an exclusive place. You don't just go to Redux. I mean, right. you can. I right. I will just go to Redux for the most right. part. Um, but but we don't want to get in other people's way because part of the the heart and goal of Redux is to bring in other pastors and mm-hmm. churches and to not intrude in their space. This is really crucial. Mm-hmm. But I think another part of it is we don't want it to be a waste of time either. It's a once a month thing. Mm-hmm. So we will spend a healthy amount of time in worship, not not anything crazy, but you know, where I normally do four songs at a given church, we'll probably do six. Right. Um, we'll come out of worship and spend time in true ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I mean true ministry, I just mean it's that's when we're going to pray for people. That's mm-hmm. when we're, you know, the Spirit of God uh, moves. We're out of that time of worship. We're in unity. This is when God's talking. Right. And because we're listening. Hello. Right. Um, and so we're really, we'll give plenty of space for that. Um, then we'll move into our kind of our discussion model that we've mm-hmm. been doing for a while. Um, I would love to tell you our first piece of content and it's on my whiteboard at home. I know mm-hmm. the first five, but mm-hmm. I don't know which one's first. <laughs> um, but we will not be discussing the, the scriptures like we've been doing cause mm-hmm. that will continue every week right. and we won't take a week off on that first Sunday. It'll, it'll be, our content will be put out every week regardless. Um, but we'll just in addition to on that extra Sunday, mm-hmm. um, but we'll, we're going to cover some stuff. We're going to cover a lot of the whys. Like mm-hmm. we're going we're to deal with why 
why we're doing it the way we're doing it, the value of it, things like that. But it'll be in a discussion format. We're going to bring in some great folks. I've got slated to bring in some folks from Arizona. I've got some folks from Scotland mm-hmm. that are going to be in town at some point um, within the first six months, I'm hoping. So, mm-hmm. uh, But anyway, we'll, we'll share that discussion. It'll be 30 to 45 minutes, whatever mm-hmm. it ends up being. And then we're going to eat together. Mm-hmm. And that meal will be provided. So for those listening, we will. this will be a ticketed event, but it will be free. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to do tickets. It's a, our way of getting RSVPs. Right. So we know because we don't want to waste money, right? right? So we'll provide food. Um, the Wayne Hines, the, mm-hmm. the uh, Wayne and Donna, the brains behind Clarabelle's will mm-hmm. be helping us with that process. Um, and subsequently, uh, one of the other cool things, people might be wondering, where are we going to do all this? And this is one of my favorite things. We will be all over the place. Yeah. We're going to be at different venues. Um, as soon as I know the first one, I'll, I'll make it public. I've got um, I've got to go check on what I, I think I know where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we've looked at doing performing arts centers at different high schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've looked at theaters down in Oklahoma City. There's several options down there. Um, conference rooms, you name it. Right. We have a completely mobile setup. Um, and it's, and it's going to be super cool. But anyway, we'll get into that conversation we'll eat. Some of that may happen overlap. Uh-huh. And then we'll come back for a song or two of worship, just kind of recenter. And then, uh, for the first month, I'll talk for about 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. just kind of give us some direction moving into the next month. But, uh, the next month after that, it'll be someone besides me and, um, and subsequent months. I'm not going to talk right. all that right. much. Uh, I will do worship though. Yay. I'm going to do that. Well, if you're excited. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's well, what I, I have people ask me quite often, so where do you go to church? Yeah. Where do you go to church? And because if you are in my world or in my presence or in my chair or know my life, my life was church for mm-hmm. 40 plus plus years. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, anytime the doors were open, special events, conferences, you know, the whole shebang women's ministry and then it all stopped and and I didn't go anywhere and have not gone anywhere consistently but yet my conversations are still about God how much I love God how much he's moved in my life how much he's rearranged my life um what I just said loving him loving myself and loving others probably now more than ever more, I am more um, uh, evangelistic now outside of the pulpit oh, than yeah. I was ever inside the pulpit. Yeah. And then here comes the question, well, where do you go to church? Well, I don't. I don't. And my favorite thing, by the way, about this, you're being more evangelistic. Mm-hmm. It's about as pure as it can be uh-huh. because there's no there's motive. There's no motive. You're not trying to get them to go no. somewhere. It's kind of like yeah. one of those products people want you to sell. And if you can, if you get, you know, like you become an ambassador for this product and yeah. then you get people to use it, then you're going to get so much kickback. Once that happens, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Right. I can't, I can't because it feels like I'm trying to get you to use this because then I get paid. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it felt like for the years I was at church. Yeah. It was like, I felt like I, I do not want to invite people because I feel like it's only going to be about me. Come to my, literally my church mm-hmm. and come see me and <laughs> come see what everything we've done and mm-hmm. I've done. And, so I don't go to church. Yeah. I invite people to know God. Side note about the money on that side. Yep. As you know, not everybody's going to know this. Well, they can, though. We have, I have no intention. I don't want to get any money from Redux. I want, right. I want right. the money to go back into right. Redux. Um, there, I have people on our board that very adamantly disagree with me on this. Right. Um, <clears throat> and that's great. Mm-hmm. But it, I have this, I'm armed with this. One, I have other mechanisms that I am working towards to help with my provision. Mm-hmm. But but I think the big thing is, and because not just me, it's it's Wayne, it's you. We have lots of seasoned ministers that are absolutely justifiable mm-hmm. to take salaries. But the whole point is, we're not trying to do it's that. Not the point. It, if the that we're going to pay somebody at Redux, if we're going to pay a person, it will be the most logical decision we could have yeah, ever made. Yeah, I think for me, practical, my, practical, logical. It'll be, and it will be divine. It'll be, yeah. God will ordain that. And I think for where I'm at in my life and why I, well, there's so many reasons why you, our lives have been 
etched back together. Mm. But, and you and I have had these conversations about, I don't want to take a salary from the church because mm-hmm. once I take a salary from the church or any honorarium, it gets weird. Right. It gets weird. It gets sticky. It gets, it gets just weird. It's the that, only thing I can think about. And that feeling should be the, the first sign mm-hmm. that, probably shouldn't do it like this again it's not like it's universally wrong it's not wrong it's just and i think because coming out of what i came out of i said to my counselor i cannot wait to take that cloak off of pastor i can't i gotta get it off i gotta get this coat off i've got the title off it's like get it off of me i couldn't get it off fast enough and once it was off it was like Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now I can just be me and love you and love me and love others out of that. And I, I'm, I, I, my life, I had no expectations hanging on me. I had no weights dripping off of me of what people should have, could have, would have thought I could have done. Um, I don't, I don't have any religious expectations off. I could just be me. Mm. I could cuss a little, I get to drink a little <laughs> bit and I love God and um, I'm not perfect. And I am going to be the first to tell you, do not put me on a pole, on a, on a pedestal because I am my, I'm going to screw up. Mm. But with that cloak on that salary to say you're a pastor, mm-hmm. it was like, Keep all that buried up. Keep it covered. Don't show your imperfections. Present. Yes, present. Put the mask on. Pull your shoulders back. Put your smile on. And the Oscar's going to go to you (laughs) as the best pastor, pastor's wife and family Mm -hmm. that the fishbowl has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I I can't and I will not live that life again. And now married to my now husband, (laughs) when this started with started this conversation started bubbling up he was like well, what am i supposed to do i don't know the rules it's <laughs> like yeah. and that's why we love you is yeah. because there are no rules in this i mean you get what i'm saying There's yeah the expectations right and, i mean he he is a construction worker uh, he he works with utility guys he's tatted and he is him and yeah. he will not change for anybody and you know we've had those conversations and i even told him i said your best example is Lori." Mm. Look at Lori, because Lori probably through all the ministry has not left the house of Lori. I know. You know? I know. She's freaking great. She's great. And, but, you know. One day she'll listen to a podcast I'm on and she'll actually hear the nice things I say about her. (laughs) Exactly. But I rolled into that world when I was 14. Right. You know, very immature mind, very moldable mind, very, and extremely easy to groom Mm. and lived that. And picked up, I had somebody ask me the other day, they were, said something about my story. Well, it wasn't all bad. And I said, absolutely not. It was not all bad. I picked up some amazing gems and nuggets and, and facets of my life. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, that are wired in me, but I also picked up a lot of, you know, yuck, you know, and Mm -hmm. a lot of things, a lot of things got twisted and. Human beings measure things by some totals. They you do. Know, we mm-hmm. look at it and go, oh, okay, by and large, there's more cons than pros. Yeah. But it doesn't mean there's not pros. Right. And right. and even that, it's a perspective. It, right. You know, if you were to able to objectively measure what you gleaned, mm-hmm. probably almost everything will be more pros than cons. Yeah. Because yeah. even within the cons, there's just, it's one or two things that glaringly suck. Right. But the vast majority is right. great. Well, and I think when I was in heavy in the church world and the pastor's wife world and the pastor's world. That's all I could talk about was the pros, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) really, really was not allowed to look at the cons. Yeah. And if the cons were there, I'm the delusional optimist that (laughs) the cons were going to change eventually. (laughs) Hence why I hung on for 30 years. Mm. Um, But Going through this last season, there's some flashbacks of staff meetings. It's like, oh Lord, I didn't get the memo on just saying nice things. You gotta say nice things. You could say you had to say nice things about the church, but then we could talk about all the people. Yeah, right. And the but I oh. I remember probably within the last I don't know probably five six years I probably have been talking about the cons. Mm-hmm. It's and it's shocking to people. It's shocking when people go, really, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but now I get to talk about the cons. Right. And so because I get to talk about them doesn't mean that's what it all was. I'm just, 
pull the cover the rug back and go and gone this is everything that was underneath here that you did not see mm-hmm. that um you weren't allowed to see that you weren't supposed to see and if you saw it we gaslighted you and made you look the other way and think you didn't see it mm-hmm. to some degree and and a lot of this has been coming up because some of my another comma slash busy moments is I've been really really writing again mm-hmm. and took a lot of time off and my writing seems to be organized by years. Mm-hmm. And I just about got through with 2019 and God threw me back to 2016. And I just about got through with that one and he went me back to 2015. I'm like, we're supposed to be moving <laughs> forward in yeah. this time is moving forward. But the more I keep, he keeps bumping me back, the more... I don't even know what the word is. Um, uh, more, I don't even know. The more, I guess I could say, wow. Mm. Wow. This this was, you were working all the way back here in mm-hmm. preparing me for this moment. It's like but bringing clarity. Bringing clarity and seeing him. I've always said dots and signposts. He'll lay these little dots. And Adam said, kind of like, you leave the little breadcrumbs and it's like it's details if you ever watch like a suspenseful mystery movie or something and they do a flashback and it's like you already saw the scene but now with armed with new data when you see the scene again yeah the things that stick out because mm-hmm. now it matters yeah yeah and one of the things that i since we've gone back to 2015 i i discovered that god started changing the way i was seeing things all the way back there mm. in 2015. And then in 2016 is when we I started getting a word for the year. Mm-hmm. And what that little activation did for my life is it start, God started training my eyes and training my ears to hear one word. And that one word, he attached little things to where present and every year after as the cons started becoming more and more seen Mm -hmm. I could see beyond what was visible Mm -hmm. I could see the invisible I could see God working I could see what he was doing and the Bible says he'll give you eyes to see and ears to hear and those things that are hidden are for us to find he loves hiding things for us and I didn't realize how far back he was doing, starting to do that in my life. Mm-hmm. And so the, just the writing and the journaling, and I said, but then sometimes it gets real heavy on me. It gets real heavy and because I start swimming and all that again and swimming in yes, what he's saying to me. And because there a lot of them are my journals because I've written a lot of it as the year was unfolding. Right, sure. But it's as he's taking me back and... I'm putting that on screen, basically. I'm seeing so many, so many things of him just training my heart for me to be here at this point. Right. And um, and so I think that's probably a lot of what I, I talk a lot to people about is loving God, loving yourself, loving others, and, and him talking to you and how, what's his verbiage towards you? Mm-hmm. How do you hear him? Because I hear him way different now than I did the first half of my life. So, yeah. But I've been learning, uh, experientially learning to follow God in the peace of, of any circumstance. Now, you know, collect like, the, of course, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you say that and you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you follow God's peace, of course. But, <laughs> it's not always that easy. Well, it's not. And, and you know, it's just, okay, so, so here's a great example. We as Christians, we we predetermine blessing prior to getting it. In other words, if someone were to stop by my house this afternoon and say, hey, the Lord told me to give you a million dollars. Here's a million dollars. There would not be a bone in my body that would question whether that was from God or not for two reasons. One, the person, and this is no particular order or the wrong order, because the person says the Lord told me. Yeah. But more importantly, because I just got handed a million bucks. <laughs> right. Now, see, the, here's the problem with that. That's just totally wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not by default God giving you a million dollars. 
because some people with a million dollars will go so far off the rails and run so far away from what God's plan is for them Mm -hmm. that that's a beautiful tool of the enemy. And why does Mm -hmm. the enemy care? Right. And so I think that, you know, we can attach that to so many different things. And it's not to say God's going to make you poor. That's not remotely what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that what looks to be a blessing isn't just by default God. Case in point, we had the opportunity with Redux to be in a building, the same Mm -hmm. building, right? Mm -hmm. Given to us for a year, big building, Mm -hmm. great place to be. Little sweat equity, that thing would be awesome. There wasn't peace in it. Yep. So I, I did. I started going down the road. I mean, when I say there wasn't peace in it, my mind immediately went to like what I do, like what can mm-hmm. we do with this? And we could do mm-hmm. this and just uh, getting imaginative. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I saw a lot of cool stuff, a lot of things we could do. And what really stuck out to me is how we just made this about the building. Mm-hmm. And I finally, which is the, very which is the opposite that I'm trying, trying to do. To do. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I remember going back into the building to look at some space again and just sitting there and told Wayne, I said, it's the first time I'm looking at this place with objective eyes rather than nostalgic eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's nostalgic for reasons I don't need to get right. on this. But anyway, um, <laughs> some people are like, he used that word wrong. No, it no, was it nostalgic. Because I, I could identify <laughs> with that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, um, but, the, but the thing is, like, objectively, there was a, a cognitive dissonance with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just what you said. It's because the heart isn't about the building. And I remembered some things in my life where... As soon as we make this move, it becomes about the building. We get married to the building. Exactly. And, and I don't want to be married no, to a building. No. And so, mm-hmm. and it made sense because I'm, I think I even told you this. I was really excited. We had done some testing and I had mobilized all of the gear. I've made mm-hmm. it mobile. And I remember thinking, why am I so excited about making it mobile if we're going to be in a building? <laughs> Where it can be stationary. <laughs> right. It's like, well, that's stupid. But then I'm like, no, it's not stupid. And that's what goes back to the piece. Mm-hmm. There's a piece about making something mm-hmm. mobile and having something that can be set up in 20 minutes. But the thing, about, the thing that comes to me, too, is because we've always kind of likened you to Noah. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, not your son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's like me yeah, in that case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd be like Gabe. Gabe would be like That's you. Right. But we've always likened you to Noah and a lot of the ways God works with you and talks to you because you're, and I've my modern day analogy is Tony, <laughs> Tony Stark, Stark right. an innovator, a thinker out of the box, and you're building something that. N- God's given you specific details for some details that he hasn't given you yet because right. it's not time. But it also seems fitting because a boat moves. Right. That's exactly right. And so we're no moving. No boat is stationary. No boat is stationary. Yeah. It's really so, good. I but it was really that. good. To, I mean, our finite minds could think, yeah, church, boat. Mm-hmm. Church is the boat. Boat is the church. No. No, this, everything is movable. It's mobile. Right. Because it moves. So it seems fitting that we would not be in one location because we're going to be floating around. Mm-hmm. We're going to be floating to different places. And that's why communication is so important and staying connected is so important is, yeah, we're going to meet, we're going to come together, but then this thing, we're going to float somewhere else. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see it when we talked off of uh I almost said off camera, <laughs> off, off podcast, off air. We'll off air. Just when you, we were kind of debriefing, I thought, well, that makes sense because the boat moves. Hmm. You that's know? really good. Well, so, and, and that's, and that's the thing I think too. Uh, I, I just want to be with people. You know, you know what I, I mean, you and I had sat here cause we, we tried <laughs> to come here and do a podcast a couple of, couple other times. <laughs> and, and I said to Adam, I said, it's the same thing with me doing hair. Mm-hmm. It's for 20 years. It's never been about the hair. Right. I have to do it to pay bills. It's about the person that sits in my chair mm-hmm. and I want to be so mobile, so floatable that I'm available to meet people yeah. to, to, and if we sit and do their hair, that's fantastic, but it's not about the hair. I just well, in fact, we have a lady who's coming back to work a couple of days, and and I we were talking, and she said, "I just miss the people." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "If I've missed anything about air quotes church at yeah. all, it's the people." Yeah. And I have said to God, "If I could go back, if you ever call me, is what I've said to <laughs> him. If, I, if you ever call me back to the church, I'm grateful I have 
this relationship with you now mm-hmm. because it's more about the people. And I love the people then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love them then, but I had all this stuff I had to keep covered right. that kind of kept me handcuffed, a little hindered. But now I don't have, I don't have that. You said a word, you said available and it's stuck out to me because it stuck out to me a couple of weeks ago and uh-huh. I dove into this word. I've said this a long time, but I've never spent time dwelling on it. Uh-huh. And it's that God doesn't need, uh, he's looking for the available. He's not looking for the great. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, Noah was available. Yeah. Moses was available. David was available. Mm-hmm. And I started, I thought I should break this word down. What does it mean? What to does available, available mean? And this is just regular old Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Mm-hmm. It, availability is made up of the two words avail and ability. Okay? Mm-hmm. So ability is the power or capacity to do or act physically, mentally, legally, morally, financially, etc. It's okay. the ability mm-hmm. or the capacity, the power or capacity to do an act. Yeah. Avail is to be of use or value to. Mm. So if you have availability to, availability to God, you have the power or capacity to be of use or value to God. Yeah, that's what I want. That's all you want. That's all I want. And in order to do that, what do we, we it, it says to make yourself available. Make mm-hmm. get provide the power or capacity for God to act through you mm-hmm. physically, mentally, legally, morally, financially, you know, those yeah. different things. And and so I like to look at it as um uh he what I always say is God doesn't need your ability. He wants your availability. Yeah. And and so that's an easy thing to accomplish mm-hmm. is to sit there and say, God, and this is what I do almost every morning. And I say almost because I don't always physically say this, but God, I what do you want me to do today? Yeah. I'm here. I'm available. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what my calendar says. I'll make changes as needed. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and that's the whole thing. Like even today we met earlier. Um I had a plan and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, let's do this. I mean, like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And when you get stuck on some things, you get stuck. But, right. but I think that availability is huge. And, and ultimately that's all, everyone can do that. Right. And what I think what our desire is, is we want to be really available. Right. <laughs> but there, even if you, like my husband goes to work 545 to 545 and he wants to be available. Mm-hmm. And I can see a lot of people falling into this thought. Well, I just got to work. I'm work. Mm-hmm. I'm working. I'm working. But it is because my mine and our lives are so intersecting. Obviously, his yeah. and I's. God, God's opening his eyes to places to be available. He he would tell this story. Um, I forget who it was that came and delivered something to his work. I don't remember what it was. Adam was trying to go to work. He was trying to go to lunch. Mm. And the guy was like, well, where are you going? And Adam was like, inside he was like, oh, I just want to go eat my lunch, be with myself. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go in here to the BX or wherever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'll go with you. And then Adam's like, uh, on the inside. <laughs> right. Turned out to be a really good, it took Adam two minutes to realize, oh, ah. Right. That's what this is. And the more he leans into those weird little moments or those mm. weird little conversations that old Adam would have thought were weird little conversations. God is showing up. Yeah. And I'll say, look at you being available. Look at you, <laughs> look at you. And it, he's like, it, that feel that velvety feeling of gosh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks God. But he's available. Mm-hmm. Although he's busy. Right. Of course. We're just the exceptions. We just want to be really available. (laughs) Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's in the busy that we become available. Like, you know. Well, it it goes back to what I was saying. He's busy, but God is training his eyes to see moments of availability. Right. Which is what I'm beginning to see way back in 2015 where God was training me. And so it wasn't. People are coming across our path all day long. Your eyes just aren't trained to be available. Right. Well, we're destination-based, and and that's another challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was nomadic. I mean, you don't, people may not like that, but he just right. was. And the story of the Gospels takes place on a journey. It does not take place at a destination, mm-hmm. hardly ever, like percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. So, 
So we have to recognize that it's in our journey that God uses moments, right? We wouldn't have had a woman at the well moment. Had God not if, moved. Yes. Yes. And if Taking Jesus, journey. what, what happened? The, the disciples went mm. into town to get food. Jesus yeah. made himself available on the journey. He did, <laughs> which makes it all more fitting why Redux will be moving. Right. They'll be finding available. They'll be, av- yeah. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. And, I'm, and just I, in the I, practical, I, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. again, going back to like the financial side of that. I mean, even if you have the building, like I said, they, they offered it to us. We had it for a year, rent-free. Well, after that year, it's not going to be rent-free. Right. But, but just take that part aside for just a minute and just look at it from a practical standpoint. If we have a 600-seat sanctuary and Redux Service 1 has 50 people, that's going to be awkward. Yes, it feels weird. And then if we have uh, a year later, two years later, whatever, we have 1,400 people, we're going to have a whole new problem. Right. Did you ever feel like, like because when I would think about Redux and as the, it was all the, you know, more conversation we would have, the more little bits of vision we would get. I would find myself going, but every time I feel like I'm in a building, I feel weird. Yeah, totally. I, f- I feel like I'm going to get those old things coming back on Absol- me. Absolutely, yes. And I would say to Adam, I said, I don't like that, but I understand. I'm in- it's practical, yes, and you don't yeah. you don't know another way of thinking. Yeah, and I would say, I feel like that old model so ingrained in us, There's me no- for sure, yeah. that you put us in a building, we all go to our offices. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, heck, even even on the first iteration of it, I'm sitting there going, "Well, we'll need to get some church offices." I mean, if we're not going to have a building, that and, mo- I'm, and I'm yes, like, "Yes, uh huh." Do we though? Uh-huh. I mean, I'll just meet you if you need to meet with me. Rachel will meet with her, which with is what you. we love, right? That's <laughs> right. That's that's what I meant about we want to be that available. Exactly. Well, here's the irony to it. Here's the absolute irony. If we had a church office and someone's like, can I meet with you? You'd say, yeah, you want to grab a coffee? Exactly. We wouldn't even meet <laughs> wouldn't there. wouldn't even go there. Because <laughs> then it gets weird. Exactly. Because yeah. it gets all churchy. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Let's not do that. <laughs> and I don't want to be married to the building. Right. I want to be married to my availability. We will have a P.O. box because yeah. I guess we need something. You have something, to have that. Right? Yeah. But I mean, it, but it, that, that's the whole point, though. It's mm-hmm. like, let's, let's keep this thing as streamlined as possible and right. keep any of the money that God brings through this organization literally there to bring through the organization. Right. Talk a little bit about, because you said you, I've been through <laughs> multiple life groups, connect groups, right. flock groups, <laughs> right, right, cell right. groups. They've been called everything. Um, and I've seen all make and models. Um, I've led them. I've been in them. I've built them. And I love them. Mm-hmm. I believe in them. Yeah. Um, I was burnt out on them sure. a lot. Um, right at the tail end, one of the things that was coming out about uh, connect groups is, you know, you need to confess your sins one another. You got to have accountability. Mm. And I'm going, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Not, yeah. you know. Well, you invited Adam to your connect group. Mm-hmm. Um, his famous sentence, I don't know the rules. I don't know what, right. you know, and he ain't changing to be, to fit any model. Right. Um, and I said, just call Jeremy and find out what it's like. You know, I don't, I kind of had a working idea, but I needed him to hear from you. I love your mod. I love that model. I've never heard of that model. Um, I would love to, emulate that model if I ever let another connect group. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you said something a minute ago, you said, you know, talk about rules. You said the word should, uh, the folks over one this ministries have a line when someone says you should do something, mm-hmm. they say, stop shooting all over them. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's the kind of rule. Number one is, you know, I have a simple goal in my group. My goal is that the people in my groups, grow more greatly convinced that they hear the voice of God. Yeah. Now, it's important that it's worded like that. Most churches will say, we're going to teach a class on how to hear the voice of God. Yeah, That's a very common statement. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't want to teach you how to hear the voice of God um, because you already hear the voice That's of God. That's what I was going to say. You already hear it. It's mm-hmm. indicative that you don't hear it when you say, I want to teach you how to. Mm-hmm. Also, it's arrogant. I know how. Do you? It's exactly. And I, and I know a lot of people are well-meaning when they say that. It's not a critique. It's my own critique. I don't want to say that. And I've said it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have too, for yeah. goodness sake. So um, 
so it really comes down to the simplicity of of again troubleshooting some projects I'm working on you guys will hear about in the coming months but uh, this term troubleshooting has been going on in my life a lot so troubleshooting why don't people believe they hear the voice of God mm-hmm. well this is really where the vo- core values of, of Redux come from well they don't believe they hear the voice of God uh, because they don't really truly know who they are mm-hmm. they academically know who they are they don't believe it yeah. Um, some people don't actually know, but even the ones that know don't always believe it. And so that's about an identity, recognizing that you are who you are intrinsically. You don't get a choice in the matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your identity was defined by God, not by mm-hmm. you. Um, so in that recognition, now we can start diving into, okay, well, if that's the case, then yeah, of course I can hear from God, and mm-hmm. I probably have been. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. So it's revealing what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So we, I like to say we Mr. Miyagi it a little bit, but without hiding it. Like Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel how to do karate in The Karate Kid by saying sand the floor, mm-hmm. wax the, the car, paint the fence, paint the house. And then Daniel's like, all I've been doing is a slave labor, and he's like, show me sand the floor. He sands the floor, and he kicks, and he blocks the right. kick. Okay, well, much the same way, except I don't hide that. I say, okay, here's what we're going to do, and this is going to teach you how to hear the voice of God, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to teach you karate. Right. And and so we just go through a series of exercises and a process that is really painless, um, and it's just everybody kind of tells their life story. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's little bits and pieces to it that the participants uh, get instruction, but it's super easy. And it means that in a, in a small group of five or six guys – the heavy lifting of this portion of small group it only lasts about eight weeks. And after eight weeks, if the group wants to continue, it continues, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't continue with any kind of obligation mm-hmm. uh, outside of a naturally built obligation amongst each other that they want to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't have any desire of putting together small groups that have to meet a criterion. Right. The, the reason that they get so laborious... Um, I like shooting guns. If I was told that you can shoot, but you also have to pick up all of your brass, which I do have to do that sometimes anyway. Uh, You have to pick up all your brass. Also, you have to catalog every shot. You need to write down all of the shots that you took and where they hit. I wouldn't like shooting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not the part that I Mm -hmm. like. So when people say, oh, I'd love to be a part of a small group, and somebody's like, oh, great, we have one, and then they're like, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to take attendance. I need you to turn it in. I need you to come to the leaders meeting once a month. (laughs) Right. And so so those become deterrents to doing those groups. Now, with that said, there's some practical to that, but we want to make the practical painless. And so, you know, one of the things we've talked about, typically small groups at a church are born out of Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So you go to Sunday morning church, you say, hey, we have small groups, and then you track attendance. Like the participation in people in your church is Sunday morning. It's a better way of putting that. Mm -hmm. Their participation starts there. And so you you may still track attendance in a small group, but it's not a big deal. The question that we have, you know, Wayne and I have sat down and troubleshoot this. Wayne is one of the pastors there um, at Redux, is how do you make sure you meet the need of everybody if you don't know everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Well, the a lot of things that you can do to solve that problem. First off, equip small group leaders. Right. Um, number one primary role, equip small group leaders. Mm-hmm. Also, when you basically give the license to a small group leader, and we say that term right now generically, I, and we may have a name for them, who knows? It's, it's freaking marketing. I don't right. care, right? right? It's just what it is. They're the ones caring for the folks that they're with. Mm-hmm. Not out of weight and obligation, but out of love, passion, and desire. Right. Mm-hmm. And that exists when you realize you're not really taking, you're taking care of each other. Right. Right. When you are friends, like, I don't know, I only know my own experience. I have uh, friends, multiple friends. I know a lot of guys probably have one or two. I have 20. Mm-hmm. I can get together with all 20, like my birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Fourth of July, often I have a group of friends over to the house. It's the most relaxed I could ever be. Mm-hmm. And I make sure of that. I don't want it to be intense and weird and mm-hmm. freaky. When you understand that that is really how these small groups should be. Right. Um, it takes the pressure it off. It takes all the pressure off. And and so you do have to get past this initial agenda mm-hmm. crap, but hopefully our goal is to arm everybody with the opportunity to be able to get past that mm-hmm. with as little effort as pos- right. possible. We have... Uh, of course, myself, um, but really more Wayne and then Casey Burnett, uh, currently the ones that are really working on a, a model to, to be able to quickly 
release you of that tension. Yeah. And and some that may mean because some people may want a book club, right? You may want right. to have produced or listen to this content, read this content, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, even if it's not our going through acts right now, it could be anything and get together. Other people may just want to go bowling. Right. And that's that's everybody just is, hang out by the pool. It, it, or, exactly. Right. The goal here is that you care for one another. Yep. Uh, you'll hear Wayne talk a ton about one anothering. Yep. It's his if you were going to have a central message, that's a central message. Um, when we really get that part down, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because because who cares? Right. I mean, w- what's the value in me knowing how many people are in small groups? There is zero, zero. value. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. So I don't care how many Mm-mm. people are in small groups. What's the value of me knowing how many people are coming to a uh, weekend service? The value is I know what size venue to rent right. and I know how much food to buy. <laughs> That's practical. the answer. It has nothing to do with you or your ego no. or numbers or money or anything. And I'm just going to tell everybody, listen, I've been asked to do a bunch of worship nights here recently and uh, I basically have said no. And I kind of have a little bit of um, vindictive. No, uh, I don't know. It's a negative emotion. We're just gonna go that. <laughs> vindictive. That was it's a big almost, one. Yeah, it's almost vindictive. No, it, it's, uh, uh, it's, gosh, it's petty. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Here's what it is, though. This is, this is where I'm coming from, is I don't want to be an event. If I'm leading worship, I don't want it to be an event. Yeah. And so, I, so I'm just going to tell everybody, listen, if you care, this is how my next worship night's going to go. It'll be probably like this. Around five o'clock on any given day, I will post on Facebook, I'm going to be at this place in two hours worshiping if you want to join. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the extent of it. Yeah. And you'll walk in and it'll be just me yep. and I'll be sitting there. Holy, Holy smokes. <laughs> Sorry, we're, no, we're I was, I did, no, I keep. No, actually, I have been told several times that ours are too short. Oh, well, not today. We're an hour and one minute. Oh, good deal. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> but anyway, that's yeah, really that's... Well, yeah. well, not to belabor, to belabor the small group point, but what I love about your small groups is that it's story therapy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I love probably one of the pillars, pillar scripture of my life is um, they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their story. Yeah. And your story when you begin to tell your story, you don't realize in the telling your story how much you have been hearing God. Right. And you, and it's other people that observe it yeah. that really melts your brain. Yes. I love watching it. It's my Here's another favorite part of my small group is I don't talk much. And that's shocking to anybody who's listening to this because podcast. Because you're the air quotes leader. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I... Well, I, and you like to talk. Yeah. And, but, I, <laughs> but I do. And I set the bar, right? I'm the first one to share my life story mm-hmm. because... I kind of set the bar of intimacy. Yeah. And so that's that's crucial that you don't, you know, say, well, mm-hmm. I work a day job and I have right. kids. I mean, that's not right. your life story. So once you kind of set that bar, and I don't have an, I never go into it with a plan. Well, and I've heard you say you've really, and I'm not going to say never here, very rarely do you tell it the same way every time. You can't say never. I've never told it the same way. Okay. Not for any other reason except I'm almost 47 right and i get an hour to tell my life story it will always change but again in that just that right there you're not that's the invisible hand of god working behind you you're hearing him you don't know you're hearing him but it's opening up your mouth because you're obeying and what's coming out is what needs to come out for that group of people that is there welcome to lesson number one that is exactly the whole point as you share your story start a (laughs) non-church called redux (laughs) that's exactly the point right you start sharing your story and people the first question to someone who's never done it to me is well what do i share whatever you think you should share right because the problem is is they start thinking well right because like my husband they want to prepare it they make notes right with my husband who has a a brutal story right. that there's only a facet. He was like, well, what, 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 uh, I don't know the rules. Right. I don't know. I, I, and I was like, so, you don't have to say, you don't have to know the There are no rules. I do my best. Now, not everybody's going to be able to do this. I do my best to try to read the guys a little bit. Some people that I know really need notice, mm-hmm. I will give them notice because I know that if I don't, they're gonna. it's going to be worse than giving yeah, them notice. Yeah, well, it'd be like Lori. But, yeah, sort of though. I would. It would be like Lori. Yeah. Typically, of course, right. I know her super well, so I'd probably be like, "No, I want you to not 
being know prepared. this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but my whole point is is that in that moment, so what happens just quickly, what happens is when a person shares a life story, there's there's one important rule. Nobody can say anything. Yeah. There is no conversation that comes in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they can ask a clarifying question. If you get lost in pronouns and someone says she about 13 times, yes. you can say, is that your sister or your mom? Yes. You know, whatever. Yes. But but other than that, you can't say anything. And I encourage people to take notes if they have questions. Nobody mm-hmm. hardly ever does. I do because I end up with too many things to remember. Yeah. Um, but because uh, I'm not a big note taker, but that's that's a big one. So after they've shared their life story, then everyone gets to go around the room and they get to share. And there's a new, sometimes I apply this rule, depends on the person, but, but sometimes I'm going to say to the person who just shared, you can't say anything back. Mm-hmm. I did this with one guy in particular because I knew that his his propensity would be to discount what's being said by others. Mm-hmm. So he will downplay it. I had that. That's probably why I knew it. I yeah. can recognize that. So uh, he, you know, we go around the room and a person says, well, what stuck out to me is, and then fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing because what you hear is two things, two massive things come from it. Because we want them to share what they shared. And then we go around the room a second time and we ask them, why do you think that stuck out to you? Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to share that this person um, had a sister that he didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Well, that's easy math for me, right? Mm -hmm. So my why is like, oh, because I have a sister. But not always is that the case. Sometimes we see the relationship of the father Mm -hmm. um, and and they're like, well, I never had this kind of relationship with dad. This happened or this happened. And somebody who who saw their life as as really, you know, most people see their life as uh, crappy, but when they hear somebody else's story, they're like, man, I didn't have it anywhere as right. bad as you. Mm-hmm. And everyone does that. Everyone can't be yes. right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's shocking. And what we've done is we've taught them how to hear the voice of God in the ordinary, yep. in the everyday. Yep. And when everyone's gone through this process, we've practiced this now five, six times with different people. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to scripture. We'll read a passage mm-hmm. and I'll say the exact same thing. What stuck out to you in this mm-hmm. passage? And come back around, why do you think it stuck out mm-hmm. to you? And now we can get somewhere. Because that's just using scripture, but the the graduation from that is the everyday. If yes. you and I sitting in this room and I see you know, this rock and roll cast finger, mm-hmm. or I love you, what is that? I love yeah, you. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> slight, slight difference. On, on the mantle over here, uh-huh. why did that stick out to me? I can evaluate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can do it as I'm sitting here. It's I was reminded because that's sign language. Lori told me a story of a woman yesterday in a wheelchair that told her something. She said, you look beautiful today. And she used the sign language oh. for beautiful. And Lori got into this conversation about sign language. So those things stuck out to me. And then you go beyond that. Mm-hmm. I don't even mind sharing all these. These aren't secrets. But you start looking at it and going, okay, why is that important to me? Yeah. And yeah. what's, you know, and I think about that, why is it important to me? It's important to me because it, the way that God, it, what I saw in that is the way God uses things from high school mm-hmm. for my wife to connect with somebody who wanted to connect more with Lori and didn't know how to. It goes back to what I said. He's been laying dots mm-hmm. in your life the whole time. He's been giving little phrases, little moments, and eventually he's going to thread it all together. Right. And you're going to see the picture. Sure. The cynical person will say, yeah, you just drew your own conclusions. And that's fine. You're cynical. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Meanwhile, I'm happy. Me, yeah. And and I have direction and purpose yeah. and I'm changing lives. Cynical or not. Maybe right. I'm full of crap and it's all baloney. But, but I don't care because what we're doing here is helping people. That's and loving them. what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Helping people love God, love others, and love others as you love yourself I was backwards. so okay so you heard a lot of content in this um my brutal life podcast is going to be restructured reorganized maybe a new look redux is on the horizon and it's coming closer we love you and we look forward to seeing you in person and just keep listening keep sharing and we will see you soon love you bye